0: This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King.
1: Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to hvactrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. Here's a question for you. Are you weather-driven? or weather-dependent. The two are very different. In today's podcast, I will define both and give you some suggestions to become more weather-driven if that's what you'd want, and I would hope that's what you want, rather than weather-dependent, okay? So, when you're dependent on the weather for revenue and profits, you are at the weather's mercy None of us have a crystal ball so that we can't determine what their weather will be over the long term. It's not possible. Yeah, there are forecasts and everything along those lines. But, you know, think about it. Even the weather forecasts, with their complex computer models rarely get it right. And sometimes it's even the next day that they don't get it right. When the weather is extreme, if you're dependent on the weather, you make great revenue and maybe great profits, depending upon your pricing. There's been too many contractors who have phenomenally busy summers, and then they realize at the end of the summer, they have to use up all their cash to pay their bills, and they have nothing left for the slower times. So pricing is important, as well as being busy. So when the weather's mild, if you are weather dependent, your revenues suffer, and your cash can fall, you know, really, really low, and very, very dangerously. In years with no weather extremes, the company profits are low or negative, and that's being weather dependent. So if you're weather driven, that means your revenues and profits are not dependent on the weather. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? Well, they do increase in times of extreme weather. However, you are covered in milder times. So how in the world do you do this? I would assume that all of you are now saying, well, I'd rather be weather-driven than weather-dependent. I would be too. So here here's a lot of the things that you want to think about. Number one, you have an absolutely phenomenal ma- maintenance program in place that takes care of your customers' HVAC systems no matter what the weather. If you have commercial maintenance plans and all of you you know out there going, well, I only do residential. Well, think about it. There are a lot of office condos and residential equipment in commercial settings that you could do commercial maintenance agreements with. It doesn't have to be a chiller or industrial or you know 20 ton rooftop units. You can look at all the places around that has residential equipment in commercial settings. There are a lot and I'll bet a lot in your area. So don't immediately go, I can't do commercial because yeah, you can. It's just how you focus what you're doing. I have one of my clients who, you know, basically is a residential contractor. However, they focus on um, accountants' offices in, in specific, you know, office condo type settings. And, and they are known for taking care of those types of things and pet stores and, and places where they can go that they can actually work on, you know, five-toner systems that are in For all intents and purposes residential type systems but they're in commercial settings so you can do it too all right so if you have commercial plans those customers are the least weather driven now those of you who do industrial and who do the large rooftops absolutely you know you're going to be out there three four five times sometimes 12 times a year sometimes 24 times a year we had a uh, commercial maintenance plan on a cocoa factory and they were there every single week changing the filter. So they were there, you know, 52 times a year, and then they cleaned at least once a month because of cocoa dust. So you never know. I mean, you might be an area that you could do something like that too. It just depends. However, that's commercial. Residentially, if you've educated your customers prop, you know, properly, you know, they expect one heating check and one cooling check per year, and it can be done at any time of year. Now, I understand cooling checks. You have to be warm enough outside to do them. I got it. So, you know, nobody send me an email that goes, you know, you can't do a, a cooling check when it's 22 degrees outside. Actually, you can, but you don't want to because you'd have to evacuate the system and weigh in the charge. And that's not exactly how we have time to do maintenance checks. But in a pinch, in an emergency, if something was totally screwy, you could always weigh in the charge, you could always evacuate the system and weigh in the charge. So it's, it's not that it can't be done, it's not convenient for it to be done. The way I like to look at it is saying that, okay, Mrs. Jones, we do, manufacturers recommend one heating check a year and one cooling check a year. It doesn't matter when you have those checks, it's like going to the dentist. You go twice a year, but it doesn't matter when during that twice a year you go, you just go every six months. Same type of thing here. People get going to the dentist twice a year. So we're trying to make the analogy that getting your heating check and your cooling check six months apart, if possible, is just the way to go. All right. So the, the really cool part about it, in extreme weather, you're busy with emergency calls. You're not going to have calls from your maintenance clients, assuming that you've done your maintenances properly. So we did a test in a medium-sized Texas city, let's put it that way. And they had all their cooling checks right before it got hot in the summer. And, you know, what little heating checks they did were, were done, you know, towards the winter. And we were trying to spread everything out so that they were doing cooling checks for like four, five, six months. And so we made their customers an offer. We said, look, if you allow us to come early, we promise that if there is a problem on the first day, hot day of the year we will come out with no service call charge and 1500 of them said yes the very first hot day we had one that's it one out of 1500 who had a problem well of course they did the the, the maintenances right and all that sort of fun stuff but the reality is if you do your maintenances properly your systems do not break down and you're going to be dealing with the emergency stuff when when, when it gets really, really hot. So the interesting part is weather driven companies often are shocked when they don't get 50,000 phone calls on that first hot day. They get all the phone calls from people who are not part of their system or have never used them before and stuff like that. But sometimes it's not really, really, really busy. And and it really is because they're doing their maintenance properly. The systems are working properly when they get stressed out and. Things aren't gonna break, all right? Yes, it's in a mechanical system, it will eventually break. But however, the only calls you really get are from non-maintenance customers or new customers who have never used your company in the past. So weather-driven company profits are stable and increase a few, you know, net profit per hour dollars, is the way I look at it, when they take advantage, you know, of a really, really hot summer or a really, really cold winter. So my question to you is are you weather driven? Are you weather dependent? When we get back from break, I will give you seven ways to become weather driven. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Weather driven rather than weather dependent. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I've seen my client salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18 year old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about yet never ask, can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area.
0: Eliminate costly warranty leak repair headaches. Three years ago, Ruth King wrote a leak policy letter for one of her clients who was dealing with huge warranty leak issues. When she gave the letter to technicians and trained them on how to use it, warranty leaks went from zero, that's right, zero. Then, she gave the letter to one of her other clients and any contractor who wanted it. The results? The same. Zero warranty leak repairs. The unexpected benefits? An increase in replacement sales. Ruth shares the letter with anyone and everyone who wants it. So, get your sample leak policy letter for free. No strings, no catches, no guaranteed results. Go to HVACChannel.tv or call us at 877-520-4321. Click on the link in the middle of the homepage to get your free leak policy letter. I hope you experience zero warranty leak repairs and eliminate a major costly headache.
1: We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, I asked you whether you were weather-driven or weather-dependent. Hopefully all of you answered, I want to be weather-driven rather than weather-dependent. So here are seven things that you can do to become less dependent on the weather for profits. Number one, make sure you have tickler files. And you're gonna say, what in the world is a tickler file? Well, think about it this way. Whenever a tech goes to a customer's location, many times there are parts that are getting worn, pitted contactors, weak capacitors, blower wheels out of balance, bearings that are wearing, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or for those of you who are from a plumbing perspective, things that are you know, starting to wear out and things. And technicians really need to talk to the customers about what's going on with their plumbing systems or their heating systems or their cooling systems and make the recommendations when it's warranted. Now, I'm not asking anybody to become a parts changer, okay? I'm asking everybody to educate the customer. And so the customer can make an informed choice about what's going on with the systems in her home. That's really it is. All right. So you guys go out or you go out and the questions that your dispatcher should be asking at the end of every call is, were there any recommendations that you made that the customer did not approve? And most of the time, no, not most of the time, but a lot of the times they're going to go, yeah, X, Y, Z, A, B, and C. The next question is, did you write it down? And they need to write all this down and get the customer to say, no, I don't want it. You know, they decline the repair. Then you put that particular repair in a tickler file. And that is for future work. Now, for commercial customers, many times, you know, they'll ask, okay, can you give me a quote to make that repair? You know, quote it and follow up. And the key is, you know, let's say you give it to a salesperson to go follow up. Those quotes just sit on their desk if they don't get you know, immediately approved and they will start piling up on their desks because the salespeople are, are out for the next bright, shiny object. They're not going to, most of them are not going to follow up on those quotes. So somebody has to follow up on those quotes, even if it's a month or two months later, that's got to happen. So that's the commercial tickler file, you know, residentially or commercially, the work that could be done could be in a tickler section on the left-hand side of most of your dispatch boards, and you probably have like unassigned categories or a maintenance category. You can put a tickler category on the left-hand side too. And then when work slows down, you know, it's assuming you spend at least four weeks or six weeks, you can call the customers and say, "Last time John was out there, he suggested you know X be done." He's available this afternoon or tomorrow or tomorrow or the next day to, to come out and do it, and the customer will either say yes or no. Many times customers say, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I have him come. Or, you know, they'll also say, no, I still don't want it done. You know, either or it's fine. It doesn't matter. But the fact is that you're showing you're caring because you are following up on something that could be a potential problem for that customer when it got hot or when it got cold. Okay. Now, if you're still on paper, make a copy of the service ticket and put it in a file folder. Many days, you know, in the old days, many days ago, what would happen is when it got really, really busy outside, the, the file folder would get really, really thick because the text didn't have time to do all the work, but they wanted to make sure it was there and nobody forgot about it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it got really thin in the slower times of the year. Now you can see that pretty much electronically. So first thing to get less weather dependent is to make sure that you have tickler files. All right, the next thing is, number two, is to have enough maintenance plans to cover the overhead of your company. All right, think about how many that is. At a minimum, you need 600 hours, not agreements or plans, but hours, 600 hours, of commercial maintenance for each commercial tech that you have, and at least 3,000 residential maintenance plans. Now, for some of you who are really little, you're going, oh my gosh, 3,000 seems like so many plans, but start little. If you, if you don't have any, start with 100. You know, I'll do 100 this year, and then the next year you do 300, and the year after that, you may do 600. And as you get better and better and better at this and, and doing it, quite frankly, the numbers will have a tendency to increase faster and faster. So figure out how many maintenance agreements you need to have to cover the entire overhead of your company. Then you can sleep better at night in the slower times. You know that maintenance is covering the overhead of your company, all right? Number three is to cross-train. Installation crews can be taught to perform maintenance. So, and sometimes service techs can be taught to perform installation or projects or something like that. Number four is to add additional services. And there's some companies who do this and some companies who don't. Some companies use plumbing or electrical to offset HVAC. Some companies use generators, some companies use pool and spas. There's even been some companies who started into the um, pest control or lawn care businesses simply because they've got you know X number, amount of time or whatever else it is. But you might consider adding additional services. Number five is to communicate with your maintenance customers in slower times. If you give them a great reason to invest in IAQ, a new system, et cetera, they will at least listen, and some of them will actually say yes. So when you price using the net profit per hour method that I've talked about over and over again, you know how low you can price the specials so that you can still break even or have a little bit of profit. Number six. Put the money you receive from residential maintenance customers in a separate savings account put at least two percent of revenues from every commercial maintenance yeah two percent of revenues from every commercial maintenance plan that you've got in a separate savings account this is your rainy day fund do not touch it for personal reasons so for residential maintenance if you if you can put it all away from a commercial maintenance perspective put two percent of the revenue away and please 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 do not touch it okay the other thing that you can do is to attend classes to help you grow your maintenance programs i've got a couple of them coming up in the next couple of months i've got an online residential maintenance class it's online so you can take it whenever you'd like there's a commercial maintenance class in atlanta in april and then i'm christening my new office in may with a building profit and wealth class on May 5th and 6th. So you can call me and I'll give you the numbers at the end of the show to be able to get more detailed information about any of those classes. But they also can help you. All right, so here's the seven ways, again, to become less weather dependent. All right, number one, have a tickler file. Number two, know how low you can go, i.e., well, know how many maintenance agreements you need to cover the entire overhead of your company. Number three is to cross train. Number four is to add additional services. Number five is to communicate with your maintenance customers in slower times. And number six is to put the money you receive from residential maintenance or 2% of commercial maintenance revenues in a separate savings account. This is your rainy day fund so you can sleep better at night and do things that you want. And number seven is to attend classes, mine or somebody else. So building a strong maintenance base and communicating with your maintenance customers in slower times, and those are essentially, and they're essential for becoming weather driven rather than dependent on the weather and hoping, which is not a strategy for hot and cold times to make a profit. So thank you for joining us. Choose the one thing you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. If you would like details on my residential maintenance class, commercial maintenance class, or building profit and wealth, call me at 770-729-0258 or send me an email. It's King at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.